0: KQED.
1: You're listening to Cued Up, I'm Ryan Levy. A lot of times it's clear when something is a big, great story. Elections, natural disasters, big investigations, those are obvious. But sometimes it's the small stories that find a way of burrowing into you and really leaving their mark. That's what happened this week with a story about Tacky Diner Dishware made in a factory in El Cerrito and the people who just love it. Reporter Ariel Plotnick brings us the story of TEPCO.
0: I'm sitting outside at a cafe in El Cerrito with Sandy Gensermack. She's telling me about the moment she and her husband found what they have been looking for for years.
2: We always go antiquing wherever we go. And we went to this antique store and way down low in a cabinet where you could hardly see were two doggy diner mugs.
0: So we bought them and we were so excited. We were quivering. We were so excited. These aren't just any mugs. They're TEPCO mugs. And at one time they were in restaurants all over the Bay Area. Sandy and her husband Lynn have an outdoor shed filled with TEPCO dishes. They had a newsletter called the TEPCO Tribune and they started a fan club.
2: And when we created the TEPCO Collectors Club, I was the main dish. I'm Lynn Mack. Sandy is my wife, and uh, as part of the uh, TEPCO Club, I was the side dish.
0: Sandy and Lynn, the main dish and the side dish. We flipped through a binder full of images from the original TEPCO catalog. Every plate ever made in every pattern. Some sport wild decorations, bamboo leaves, wagon wheels, flowers, and pagodas. The plates also have wild names.
2: Concord, Flame, Melody, Mohawk, Monarch, Pixie,
1: Reef.
0: And the dishes are beautiful in a kind of ugly way. Well, I don't know. It's got dings and, and scratches and knots. and
2: uh, the, the, the quality is very bad. And, uh, I don't know. It's,
0: we love it. was founded in 1930 by Italian immigrant John Pagliaro. He started out making porcelain kitchen appliances, toilets, and sinks, and then realized he could do a lot more business by selling everyday items, like plates and cups. The factory produced tens of thousands of pieces of pottery every day, all handmade. Tepco was El Cerrito's biggest employer,
2: Oval platters and bowls were thrown on eccentric jiggers.
0: A relative of John Pagliaro made a documentary, a found footage from the TEPCO factory. Workers mix and pour porcelain into dish molds.
2: Decorators tossed the china into a tub of water. And when the tissue soaked free, it left the design clearly registered. Then the ware
1: was ready for the glaze dip. Back then,
0: TEPCO dishes were everywhere. Louie's Restaurant Club in Richmond. Spenger's Fish Grotto in Berkeley. They were at country clubs and even the Kaiser shipyards. The U.S. Army and Navy used full sets of TEPCO in their mess halls and on their ships. El Cerrito mothers, the story goes, used to tell their kids to bike down to the TEPCO factory to pick up an extra table setting. The factory was going strong until one day in 1968 when it was destroyed by a kiln fire. Now all that's left of the factory is a place affectionately known as TEPCO Beach. The factory used to drive their broken plates right here to Point Isabel in nearby Richmond. Multicolored TEPCO shards are piled in a thick layer on top of the sand, mixed with dried seaweed. Walk on the beach, and you hear the crunch of porcelain underneath your feet. Crouch down, and you can find special treasures, pattern pieces, and handles broken off from teacups. Remember Lynn Mack, the self-proclaimed side dish of the collector's club? I'm standing here with him, watching the tide wash in over the fragments. It's just Lynn and me at the beach today. His wife Sandy recently, unexpectedly, passed away. Without her, he says, Tepco isn't that fun anymore.
2: Yeah, You know, I look at some of the collection and i it's lost It's some of its luster. You know, because it's something we did together and now mm, I'll have to regenerate the interest because I just, some of it, I can't even look at some of it.
0: People with a passion for TEPCO are getting harder and harder to find. It's even more difficult to find people who remember life at the factory. I was going to interview a man named Frank Storno, the last living TEPCO factory worker. But the day before our scheduled interview, he died. He was 101. With Sandy and Frank gone, Lynn's big TEPCO collection really feels like the last monument to the factory.
2: What are we going to do with all this stuff? (laughs) I have no idea. But I'm I'm not there yet. I know that these things are important to me. They're probably not going to be important to somebody else when I'm gone.
0: But it's important to me. I've started collecting TEPCO now. You can find the dishes pretty easily at flea markets all around California. But it's more fun to see them in use, in the wild. Every so often, I sit down to eat at a diner and think I see a TEPCO plate. I flip it over to check if it has the green TEPCO stamp on the back. It rarely does. But I'll keep flipping dishes over because one day I might find a TEPCO plate or a mug. And that'll be really nice.
1: Thanks to reporter Ariel Plotnick for her story, which originally aired on the California Report magazine. You can see more stories I like this week, including one about a statue in San Jose that isn't what it looks like. Find that at our website, it's kqd.org slash q-e-d-u-p. Let us know what you think of the show. You can subscribe to Queued Up and give us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. Or just send us a note at Up at kqed.org. I'm Ryan Levy. Have a good week. I got to work election night this past week, and it was a blast. It's fast-paced, exciting, and you never know what's going to happen. But one of the best parts of working election night at KQED is getting to work with Marisa Lagos and Scott Schaefer, the dynamic duo behind KQED's Political Breakdown podcast. They make politics and policy fun and easy to understand. Check out Political Breakdown wherever you get your podcasts.